Hello and welcome back to the Biblical Principles Podcast. I want to thank you so much for joining us. I'm excited to have you with us today. And I want you to know that I really appreciate you listening to the podcast. By way of introduction, we are going to be dealing with the crowns in the Bible today, which will be spiritual rewards for the believers, those that have accepted Christ as Savior. They will receive rewards at the judgment seat of Christ, where they'll be rewarded for their life here on earth and their Christian service. But before we get into that, just by way of kind of a, I guess you call this an infomercial, I just wanted to give you a little bit of an update. We are we are currently uploaded on several platforms, and I don't I don't know which platform you're listening to, but I do want to make it available to you on all platforms. So I just want to run through a quick list of the different platforms that Biblical Principles is found on. Now, if you want to find the podcast on these platforms, you should be able to do that easily by just typing in Biblical Principles. If you have a problem, you can always shoot me an email, and I'll try to help you out the best way I can. But the podcasts that we're um, currently uploaded up on are these. It's Apple Podcast, Breaker, CastBox, Google Podcast, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify, TuneIn, and Anchor. So any of those platforms, you should easily be able to find the podcast. And if you can't, I'll try to assist you in any way I can. So that way that way, it will be available to you, um, no matter what your list and preference. And I'm sure with different areas, different platforms are more popular. So hopefully it'll be a blessing and a benefit. That's our desire as we do this podcast weekly is to help you spiritually, not just to grow but to be able to understand why we believe what we believe, and also as you read through the Bible so that you can understand the Bible clearer. So let's get into these crowns quickly. And um, the first crown will be found in 1 Thessalonians chapter number 2 and verse number 19. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse number 19. For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ that is coming? Now, of course, this is the the Apostle Paul writing to the Thessalonians at the Thessalonian church. And he says, he asks the question, For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Question mark. And then he answers the question. What is, well, let me just rephrase it. What is our crown of rejoicing? That's what he's asking. Are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ that is coming? So Paul's crown of rejoicing was those souls at the Thessalonians church, or at the church there in Thessalonica. So we can draw from the Scripture as we pull this apart that Paul would receive a crown of rejoicing for those people that he had won to Christ at Thessal- in, the, in Thessalonica. So basically, this would be, I, I guess you could call it the soul winner's crown or the crown of rejoicing. Now, to get this crown as Christians, all we have to do is maintain a good testimony and present a witness for the, for the Lord Jesus Christ. Tell others about Christ. Tell others about what Jesus did for you. Tell others about what Jesus did for mankind when he died on the cross. Win people to Christ, and you will receive, just like the Apostle Paul said he had, a crown of rejoicing. The second crown is found in 1 Peter chapter number 5 and verse number 4. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse number 4. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Now, the second crown is going to be the crown of glory. 
But for sake of understanding the scriptures, and we need to get into the context of this just a little bit, I'd like for you to turn to the book of 1 Peter chapter number 5. If you, if you don't have a Bible with you, I'm going to read it to you. But we need to understand the context of what it is here that Peter is saying. So let's look in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse number 1. The Bible says, The elders which are among you I exhort, who am also an elder, and a witness of the suffering of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Verse 2, Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre's sake, or not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind. Neither is being lords over God's heritage, but being examples to the flock. Verse 4 is our text verse for the crown of glory. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Now, contextually, the Bible is teaching us that the only people who are going to receive this crown of glory is those that feed the flock of God. Now, who are the ones that feed the flock of God? That's going to be the preacher or the pastor or maybe the missionary or the evangelist. I believe, contextually speaking, that this is not a crown that's for everybody, but it's a crown that's reserved for those that preach and present the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ to the flock of God. And this is how they're to do it. Not by constraint. They're not supposed to be forced to do it, but willingly. Not for filthy lucre. They're not doing it for money, but of a ready mind. Neither is being lords over God's heritage, but being examples to the flock. What this is, is this is a good quality, God-called man of God that takes his life and uses it for the ministry. And Jesus says here, through inspiration of the Holy Ghost, in, in the Apostle Peter, that there will be a crown of glory for those who feed the flock of God. And that's going to be your preacher's crown or your pastor's crown, or your missionary's crown, or your evangelist's crown. The Bible is not teaching that everybody receives this crown, but the Bible is teaching that those that feed the flock of God will receive this crown. And that's contextually speaking. That's the reason I went over there to the book of 1 Peter, chapter number 5. And I hope that's, that's clear and understandable to you. Thirdly, is found in 1 Timothy, chapter 4, and verse number 8. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Right here in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 8, the Bible talks about a crown of righteousness. Now, how would one be able to receive this crown? Well, the Bible is its own commentary, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, so you're going to receive it at the day the, the Lord judges you. And not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. It's called a crown of righteousness because it's for those that are living a righteous life and who are looking for the Lord to come back. Them also that love his appearing. They're, they're waiting for Jesus to come back. Now with that, it doesn't just mean that they're standing looking heavenly at the sky, waiting for it to split open and Jesus to step out and rapture the church. It means that they are living their life, that if Jesus came back, they wouldn't be ashamed. That if Jesus came back, they'd be ready to meet him. That if Jesus came back, they wouldn't be doing something they weren't supposed to be doing. Here in First Timothy, he makes it very clear 
that those that love his appearing, really what they're doing is they're purifying their life. They're being dealt with by God about things, and they are submitting to the will of God. Why? Because they're looking for Jesus to come back, and they want, they want to receive that crown of righteousness. You should strive as a Christian. I should strive as a Christian to try to receive these crowns. Jesus just didn't dangle something out there that we couldn't obtain. He gave us a promise that, hey, if you'll do these things, I will reward you whether it be with a crown of rejoicing, a crown of glory, or a crown of righteousness. And then fourthly, in the book of James chapter 1, verse number 12, the book of James chapter 1, in verse number 12, the Bible says, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. This is the crown of life. Now, how do you receive the crown of life? Let, let's look at the context of the Scripture. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life. The crown of life is received by enduring temptation, by making it through temptation, by not yielding to temptation, by not giving your flesh what it wants, by saying, no, I'm going to live for God. I'm going to make the right decision here, and I'm going to go on for God. Now, there are a lot of temptation that's beset us on a daily basis. There's a lot of problems that you're going to face as a Christian day in and day out. But if you can endure those temptations, if you can make it through those temptations, you can receive this crown of life. It's there. A lot of times, a lot of times in the Christian life, and this is probably just going to kind of be a little bit of a ramble in here, but a lot of times in the Christian life, we pray, oh God, give me grace to be able to make it through this trial. And I'm not saying that that's not a good prayer. But what I'm saying is God's already gave you grace. You got the Holy Spirit living inside you. You got the Word of God to lead and guide you. You got a church to instruct you. You got people to help pray for you. And somebody sometimes needs to make a choice and just say, no, I'm going to do right. It doesn't matter if the stars fall out of heaven. Uh, Joseph is probably the greatest example to me personally of a man that endured temptation. When Potiphar's wife came to him, and tried to convince him to sin against God. That was not an easy situation to be able to brush off. Joseph did not have his mama there. He didn't have his preacher there. He was in a foreign land. And I believe that woman was extremely attractive. But Joseph said, I can't do this thing and sin against God. He endured temptation, and he made a choice to do right, even when it wouldn't have been a problem for him to do wrong. The only thing that really posed him a problem was the fact that he loved God and wanted to do right. And that's how we as believers are going to receive this crown of life, by enduring those temptations and desiring in our heart to make the right decision, to do the right thing in spite of what everybody else is doing. Why? Because we love the Lord and we're trying to live for Him. And then in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse number 25, 1 Corinthians chapter number 9 and verse number 25, and every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. Now this is the incorruptible crown. And he gives you an application here of a, of a, I look at it as an athlete. I think that's a good illustration is of an athlete. Look at how, how the Bible's worded. And every man that striveth for the mastery. That means to be able to master something, whether it be playing ball, doing gymnastics, swimming, driving a car, um, skiing, jumping out of airplanes. There's a lot of things that, are, that men, women, boys, and girls try to master in their life. And the only way to master those things usually 
is to devote a great amount of time to them and a great amount of effort. If you look at athletes, they have a strict um, exercise program. If they're if they're winners, if they excel in it, I'm not talking about somebody who's who's just a part timer. I'm talking about an athlete who excels in the sport that he's in. He has a or he she has a strict. A regimen of exercise that they perform. They have a strict regimen of eating that they perform. They have a strict regimen of sleep that they perform. They don't spend a lot of time doing a lot of things other than mastering that sport or that event that they're involved in. And that's what is being talked about here is that you can receive an incorruptible crown, but you got to be able to master what it is that you're involved in. And could I say that doesn't mean to be first, but the Bible's very clear. It says, for the mastery is temperate in all things. I believe that means a balanced life. Now, let's just take our average Christian. Just our average Christian that, let's say, the man, woman, boy, or girl gets up in the morning. They read their Bible. Let's, we're just using this as just a general example. They read their Bible for 10 minutes. They pray for five minutes. They take three gospel tracts with them. They try to pass them out every day. They try not to do things that would be contrary to the will of God. They try to stay faithful to church. They try to be a good family member. You know what those people are doing? They're temperate in all things. They're just being balanced. They're not being out front, but they're being consistent. And I believe contextually that's what the Scripture is talking about here to be able to receive this incorruptible crown to be able to sit there and go, hey, I'm consistent day in and day out, serving and loving my God and trying to do the best I can for Him. There's five crowns, the crown of rejoicing, the crown of glory, the crown of righteousness, the crown of life, and the incorruptible crown that believers can receive at the judgment seat of Christ if they'll take the biblical principles that are applied in these verses and apply them to their lives. Now, I went through the Scriptures And I found a couple verses that I believe will be kind of an encouragement or a help um, in our lives as we try to achieve these crowns, as we try to to finish the course with joy. And the first one is going to be found in the book of Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number 1. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number 1. The Bible says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. If we're going to receive these crowns, we have to realize that we're runners, and we're going to have to be committed to the cause, and we're going to have to lay aside weights and sins and be be circumspectful in our lives to be able to live for Christ that we can receive these crowns. Uh, Then in 1 Corinthians chapter number 9 and verse number 24, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that ye may obtain. We have to realize that we are running for a prize. Why don't we give it our all? Why don't we put all of our effort into it? I I believe it was, well, I hate to quote, but I believe it was D.L. Moody that said, It's yet to be seen what a man totally sold out to God looks like. And that's a... That's a man that was, in my eyes, sold out to God. But we are to run for the prize that's set before us. Galatians chapter number 2 and verse number 2. The book of Galatians chapter 2 and verse number 2. And I went up by revelation and communicated unto them that the gospel which I preach among the Gentiles, 
but privately to them which were of reputation, lest by any means I should run or had run in vain. We're not to run in vain. We're to be committed. We're not just to do one thing here and then run over there and try to do another and then run over there and try to do another. No, be committed. Be consistent where you're at and do the will of God to be able to receive the prize that God has for you. Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 16. The book of Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 16. Holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Stay the course. Just be consistent. Do the will of God. It's not, it's not going to be... It's not going to always be sunshine and rainbows and puppy dogs and sugar sticks. No, the Christian life is, not, is, is a life sometimes of carrying a cross and a life of trials. But there is joy in it. And there's especially joy when you realize that you're doing something to be able to receive the prize. So stay the course. And then Galatians chapter 5 and verse number 7. Galatians chapter 5 and verse number 7. Ye did run well. Who did hinder you that ye should not obey the truth? Don't let anything hinder you on this course. Realize that your prize is going to be received in heaven and that Jesus Christ is the one that's going to judge you. Stay clean, live clean, be clean, not because of those around you, but because of Jesus watching you. And you'll be able to receive and enjoy these crowns one day in the presence of God. You say, well, crowns are not that important to me. Could I say to you, dear friend, that one day those crowns are going to be very important to you. There's going to be a lot of things at the judgment seat of Christ that are going to amount to nothing. But these five crowns here will be the greatest prize in the greatest day on that day. Well, I want to thank you again for joining us for the podcast. If there's anything that I can help you with, any questions, comments, or concern, you can get a hold of me at biblicalprinciples at juno.com. That's all lowercase letters, biblicalprinciples at juno.com. And please continue to send in those questions for the Sharpening the Sword podcast, where I'll answer your questions inside the Biblical Principles podcast using the Word of God. I want to thank you again for the opportunity to be a part of your life. Thank you for listening to the podcast, and Godspeed to the brethren.